0: I'm joined by Adrian. Hi, Adrienne. Hello. <laughs> and I'm really pumped today because we're interviewing uh, my best friend, Emily. Uh, she gladly agreed to do this. Hi, Emily. Hello. Oh, that was such a pleasant hello. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'll introduce you. Like, you're a very outgoing uh, dog dog person um science genius (laughs) east coaster (laughs) fan of um banana cream pie well yeah um yeah we won't we won't we won't go into tangent but we did go out of our way to stop by this donut place for a donut but it ended up not being there that was like
1: Oh, another story! Oh yeah, that was that, that was a good story. I, do you want me to talk about it? Yeah, why not? Go for it. Yes. So when I was living in like a shared household, there was this dad that dropped off donuts for his daughter and they were delicious. And my favorite donut is just like a plain chocolate glazed donut. And so there were like a bunch of them in there. And I was like, oh, my God, where is this place? But it's in like Springfield, Massachusetts, which is maybe like an hour and a half or two hours from me. So one time when we were about to go into New York, I thought like, oh, we are sort of passing it, but like it's out of the way by an hour. But I was like, we're getting these donuts. <laughs> so, so we get there. But of course, since it's like a long drive and we left kind of late, they only had red velvet donuts, which come to think of it is basically chocolate donuts. <laughs> so so yeah. I got like, I got of them. I think I pretty much ate all of them by myself, like, the first day, but they were so
0: good. <laughs> yeah, that was that was really fun, actually. That was a good road trip. Um, mm-hmm. I'll just say, Emily and Adrian know me as Baram. I mean, people will just deal with it. I mean, it's like our mm-hmm. listeners are our friends anyway, so it's fine. Um, I feel so weird asking you about this because I, like, I know you and, like, I know this story. But um, can you tell us about, like, where you grew up and your childhood?
1: Uh, of course. So I grew up in a suburb, like outside of Boston, uh, like single family house. It's a cute quaint, like quaint town. And I don't know, I think my childhood was fairly normal. Uh, <laughs> hey, Jama. Um, yeah, Jama. <laughs> she, she hears me talking sometimes and then she just like wants to join in. It's <laughs> oh, a little bit of fluff in the background. I was yeah. like,
2: Ooh, What's this? <laughs> There she there is. There she is.
1: Oh, so cute. <laughs> right. Thanks for interrupting, Gemma. So, <laughs> uh, like, I don't know. I I sort of had like the typical strict Asian parents, but they're not as strict. I don't know why. Like, my mom was what, like the one of six sisters, so she's probably like a little more lenient than <laughs> than other Asian parents. And I had like an older brother that I roughhoused from time to time, so I kind of came out. Part tomboyish, like you know, but I had like girly moments, you know, so I play with like monster trucks and Barbies. You know, I was interested in Pokemon, but I also loved like putting on my mom's pearls and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And, um, kind of like getting so, like, you know, I looked into these questions earlier, so getting into who I was around, I grew up around a lot of Asians, which I never really thought about until today. And, um, but the town that I grew up in was like predominantly white, you know, because I went to church and I had a lot of like Chinese extracurricular activities.
0: Mm. Yeah, because um, when we met in college, we actually had a ton of mutual or like, you know, mutual friends and acquaintances because like all the Asians were interconnected.
1: Right. That was always so weird. I was like, how do you know this person? He was
0: like, oh, this was like, oh yeah, that, that was kind of cool. And that doesn't looking back on it now. Um, so like on, on that note, like what messages of beauty and love did you did you receive and like who are your role models and beauty icons?
1: Mm-hmm. The funny thing is I actually had to call my mom about this. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was like, I was thinking about it and I was just like. I don't really remember. And I i also know I have like a terrible memory from like my earlier childhood years. People think it's strange that I don't remember, but like whatever. Um, so my mom and I never really talked about beauty and love. I don't know if that's typical for other Asian parents, because you know, you don't really get into like the emotion or feeling part of things. Mm. But I know that my mom always talked about, you know, <sighs> You have, like, the connection of blood. You should always love your family. And the only thing that I remember... <laughs> I love this so much. <laughs> Can
0: you describe uh, what's happening just because this is a podcast?
1: Gemma is playing with her squeaky toy in the background. I got her this, this new toy. It's like an elephant. And she's always obsessed with new toys, kind of like her mom. <laughs> she's she's just chewing on it right
0: now <laughs> oh my god I, I love so much um I mean I, I'm enjoying it but I'm, I'm sorry that I keep noticing and interrupting your
1: flows <laughs> it's okay uh, the, the only thing that I remember my mom talking about like for being pretty especially when I was younger is like she would squeeze my nose bridge to try to make it like thinner and then oh, she's like really? she's like Oh, that would make you prettier. But I actually saw that it was a common thing in like Asian families. Like they would just squeeze like their babies like noses. <laughs> I <didn't know laughs> that that. Smaller. Yeah. I also like, I thought that was just my house, but apparently other people do it too.
0: Did I... Wait, Adrian, did your parents do that?
1: No, but
2: actually it did remind me of of something that like, okay, so my dad is Taiwanese and my mom's American. So I mostly grew up with more like American type, like, I don't know, values and more of an American household. So I didn't have an experience like that. But uh, when I met one of my Taiwanese cousins, one of the things that she said to me at first was that she really liked my nose. And I always thought that was so weird. I mean, I guess I do have more of like a, I don't know, Western style nose, I suppose. But like, that no one had ever like complimented my nose before. So I was really like taken aback. And she was like, oh, yeah, like, you know, guys must really like your nose. And I was like, (laughs) what the heck? (laughs) So I don't know, it just reminded me of that. Like, it just it was such a strange feeling for me because I never really thought that much about my nose at all until that moment. And I was like, oh, thank you. I'm really glad you like my nose.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I just remember like my mom just like counting. She's like one, two, three, four. And I just like be like, all right, this is going to make me prettier. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah yeah no idea i'm so yeah. Interesting.
2: <laughs> uh yeah so i guess uh, going off of that so do you feel like your taiwaneseness relates to your ideas of beauty like do you feel like there is a unique taiwanese perspective or asian beauty uh oh, asian perspective of beauty or not for you because i don't know as like someone who's half taiwanese and grew up in a very like white family white upbringing feel like very disconnected from being Taiwanese. So I always kind of wonder like, well, what, like, what kind of is that feeling? Like, do you also like connect to that or not? Or, you know, how has that affected you? Sure.
1: Um, so it's kind of weird, because a lot of what I feel like is Taiwanese, this sort sort of like meshed within how I feel about being Chinese, like there isn't a huge distinction, at least within my family, like, you know, my mom grew up or like you know in taiwan and everything but we never
2: mm.
1: talked about like the cultural differences i guess between china and taiwan but i do remember being in taiwan and watching this like asian game show where you know there's a bunch of different um actresses actresses as contestants and they're from all over the place and there's this one fierce contestant like she wasn't girly she was like i'm going to win this and my mom was like she is taiwanese <laughs> <laughs> and she she was right and so like i don't really know about um you know asian celebrities i don't know if that's changed but at least from what i get from my mom um there's like an aspect of strength that contributes to like your overall flavor of a person i suppose and so like that that overall flavor contributes to your like beauty so there's an aspect of your personality that comes in and I think that's really cool because I never really, you know, got into the whole like dainty Asian, mm. submissive like, type. So, like, I was like, oh, she is strong and she's beautiful. And I was like, that is what it means to be Taiwanese, I guess. But that's like the only kind of mm. um, idea that I have about it. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. That is that's that's that, nice. Oh, sorry. The I'm only sorry. thing, that's oh, okay. The only other thing that I know, I guess. Um, is there's like um, this aboriginal Taiwanese dance that I mm-hmm. used to do when I was like young because I was part of like this dance troupe right. Oh wow! And, and I just thought it was so I love that one because you know the other like Chinese dances you know use ribbons and fans and it's pretty in like a conventional sense but then this mm-hmm. like aboriginal dance is like more it felt wild and like more freeing and yeah. so I was just like this is really cool and I really like that part which I guess ties into what I said about earlier it's like there's like an aspect of strength and like um, a sense of self in your beauty I suppose
0: I mean you also play the oh crap is it go, go um, good yeah. Go yeah,
1: good yeah.
0: <laughs> and like I mean like when you play that is that the same thing as the dance like do, do you feel like beautiful do you feel like Taiwanese or do you feel connected that way too
1: Kind of. The really, um, the interesting thing about that was my teacher thought it was really interesting that I I was highly resistant to pain. (laughs) (laughs) The reason that works is because when you're playing the gudzen, you have to bend these strings. So like when guitarists complain about like calluses, like we get them too, but it hurts more because you're pressing down a lot farther Mm -hmm. on the string than you would in a guitar. So Because of that, because of that, I played a lot of different types of um, songs from different, all parts of China. And so my teacher would have me play like really loud, powerful songs rather than just like, oh, the pretty waterfall. And like, this song is about flowers. (laughs) And this song is about, you know, the sunshine, which is, which is beautiful. And it's nice. But then I play songs about like the storm or like the, the beauty of this giant ass mountain so like there was like a, <laughs> yeah. like I, I guess so because like because I was able to endure, endure this pain and have all this energy I was allowed to have um, a bigger repertoire of music I suppose.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah um, I, I have one more question actually before I, I hand it off to Adrian. but I just remember like when we we're in the mod um, you were I, I don't think you're practicing I think you're just kind of playing for fun but I was upstairs in my room, and I just heard like pretty noise. Oh, pretty noise!
1: Oh. <laughs> like oh, she's practicing. I remember that. That was so funny. Yeah, I do. I guess it's like after if you don't play for a while, like like, like I said, those calluses just go away, and then it just starts mm-hmm. to hurt oh no it's very
0: melodic though intertwined Thank with like you. The- <laughs> um i i was actually just wondering like um because you know when when we talk about like actresses actors and whatnot um you know we just kind of we point out like wh- whoever we think is tra- attractive like there's been asian and like white and like whatnot um but do did you have like a beauty icon or like a relatable role model, like since, since childhood or not really? Like, what do you think?
1: I asked my mom about that too. (laughs) Um, I was like, who did I like when I was younger? And she told me that it was um, when we were in church, they had this like dance teacher. She was like young. She might've been late teens, early twenties, I think, but she was Asian. And she was, I just thought she was so beautiful and so graceful. And as I grew up, all my role models, surprisingly, like I never thought about it, were still Asian. Like they became um, Mm -hmm. other students in my in my musical groups and my dance groups because they I thought they were well I thought they were pretty, but they were also super smart and they were like really talented. Mm -hmm. So I don't Mm -hmm. think I ever really had an icon that was a celebrity, but I also didn't really watch. As much TV when I was younger, I think. So I wasn't really exposed to all of that.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, it's interesting that, like, they all carry a theme of, like, resilience, strong woman, like, theory icons, like, love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I was about it. I was
1: like, wow, go me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, go me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. First of all, I think it's interesting, too, that, like, there hadn't been a huge distinction for you between, like, Chinese and Taiwanese. Because um, for my family, especially for my uh, grandmother, like she would always be like, we're Taiwanese, we're not Chinese. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And she'd be like, never say that you're Chinese. Like that's wrong. And like I do remember there was a definite shift where like I used to call my grandparents uh Ye and Nai Nai and -hmm. like in Chinese, and then it shifted to Ama and Akong. So it was kind of, I don't know, have you did you have like any kind of shift like that? Or do you normally call your your grandparents like Ye nine nine?
1: Um yes. I'm trying to remember. I think Yeah ye and I well, I think I say niang niang, but oh,
0: okay. that's
1: for my dad's side of the family. And then mm. and was for my mom's side of the family. Mm. I think the distinction might be harder because I, I always ask my mom that I forget exactly when. Like, what happened? Like, I think my grandparents were in China, and then they moved to Taiwan, had Mm. my parents, and then they moved to America, and then had me and my brother. So there isn't, like, this definitive lineage, I guess. Mm, I I see. One of my grandmothers grew up in Indonesia. Oh, that's cool. So we're all, like, (laughs) all over the place. But I think my mom um, well, she is a strong woman, but she also likes to be left alone. So like, I think maybe if people ever asked her, if she was just Chinese, she probably just didn't want to tell them like get into all the like nitty gritty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. Yeah. I
2: can, I can relate to that. Like I'm I'm American Canadian dual citizen. So sometimes I'm just like, Oh yeah, I'm Canadian. Like I don't want to <laughs> admit I'm American. Yeah, great. It's like gets into like, Oh, then I have to talk about Trump. And then, you know, Biden and blah, blah, blah. It's like, Hopefully not not anymore. About politics. Yeah. like whatever yeah. I'm Canadian. Please don't ask me about politics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 That's interesting though. Like my, uh, my Taiwanese family was like, I know they were in Taiwan for like, Quite a few generations so maybe they feel like a stronger mm-hmm. attachment to like being mm-hmm. like taiwanese and not <laughs> chinese but i don't know it's interesting to see the differences mm-hmm. um yeah so connected to that so what do you think needs to change in terms of like representation because you were saying that um a lot of your role models were asian so right. do you feel like there needs to be more asian role models in like the general media or i don't know what do you think
1: Like Definitely. I think because I didn't watch too much TV or like, you know, whatever that I was exposed to a lot of Asians. So it didn't seem as weird to me, I guess, growing up and like Mm. looking at social media and movies that there weren't that many Asians, but because of how things are now, you know, like younger people are getting their hands on like iPads and like they're always on social media. I think definitely having more Asians as like just in like a normal role would be Mm -hmm. good because typically you would see them as like you know that geek or that one person that knows karate or you know their parents (laughs) own a tea shop or an antique shop it's like always like that Mm -hmm. but um I remember seeing uh I think it's the Disney channel like there's like this one girl who's Asian but she's like a dumb heiress Mm -hmm. and I was like that's so interesting
0: what's that called the the sweet (laughs) light
1: yeah 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 I think so (laughs) And I was like, "That's that's different. Like, that's yeah. different." I thought it was cool, um, but I just think just Asians being regular people <laughs> it would be great because they're always something. They're, they're used as something, but they should. We're we're people. <laughs> like we're normal. <laughs> yes. We eat cheeseburgers just like you. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, that should be like the quote for this episode. We <laughs> need to like. <talk> <laughs> <because> I, keep... <laughs> I mean,
2: I think personally, uh, like I grew up in very white neighborhoods in very white areas, so I didn't really know that many Asian people. Like in my program in high school, there was like three of us that were not white, and I was the only Asian person. <laughs> so. Didn't really have a lot of opportunity to meet a lot of Asian people, um, like, and have a lot of Asian friends or meet a lot of Asian guys. So, I don't really think I had much of a, a strong stereotype either way that mm. the guys were like very submissive or very masculine. Um, and then, actually, I, I mostly watched like anime and like Asian media. You know, and even now I watch a lot of like Chinese dramas, Korean dramas. So I do think that the representation is a lot more varied Mm -hmm. um, when in comparison to, you know, Western media, which I mean, makes sense. I mean, like Borom and I have talked about this before, but. One reason why I really like watching Asian media is because I don't have to think about like how are they portraying Asian people? Yeah. How many Asian people can I see in the show? Like, <laughs> oh, did they put one Asian person in this episode? Claps for them. They did a good. You know, it's it's just like, oh, everyone's Asian. Good. I don't have to think about like, you know, how they're being represented or how many are there. It's just like everyone's Asian. Like it's a very mm-hmm. comfortable watching experience. But of course, because like, you know, the culture is different too. So there are also changes there. Like when I dated Asian guys in Japan or in Taiwan, it did feel very different because it did often feel like they kind of expected me to be in a certain role or they wanted me to be in more of like a typical feminine role or something. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yes. I don't know that was kind of a rambling answer but <laughs> this <laughs> is somewhat... overall, like I didn't know a lot of Asian guys and mm-hmm. then, like when yeah. I did the culture was different so it's hard to tell
1: yeah. you know? I was gonna say this is somewhat off topic but like related to what you just said but mm-hmm. every time that I see Asian people in um on TV or anything and they speak Chinese mm-hmm. um I would say 95% of the time, it's the worst Chinese I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I have to replay it like 10 times to get an idea of what they're saying. And I'm like, that is not, they should just get an actress that knows how to speak the yeah. language. I was just like, wow, that was that was terrible.
0: Yeah. But then the typical white audience member, audience member, what am I saying?
1: The typical white
0: viewer like wouldn't know though. Yeah, they wouldn't know the difference, but- yeah. Um, Emily actually I'm uh, sorry like related to all of this um, I know we talked about it like off off this but actually I think I talked about this with Adrian too but I don't know why but like I think we have this like experience where when you start like talking to white people white guys like our et- how do I say this <laughs> like our ethnicity comes up let's just put it at that and then it's like is this an immediate deal breaker? I don't know, but we all like deal with it as Asian women. And I'm just really confused. And I'm just like curious like what what you have to say on. (laughs)
1: Right. I, considering that being white is, I mean, not really, but quote unquote, the norm, right? In in America, like it makes sense that if you see someone different from you, you're going to want to know where they're from. Cause like, even if I see Mm -hmm. someone that's Asian, I might not be able to tell immediately where they're from but what I hate the most is when that's like the first thing that they ask you yeah. it's like do you want to know my name <laughs> <laughs> like that's also very important <laughs> yeah. like I don't know like who um, listens to the podcast but if you want to ask that question ask it later <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, like sentences and sentences and paragraphs later like you might even get, a, they might tell you, you know, like about their experiences. Cause they, they know, like sometimes you, you see that look in their eye, like they're, they're going to ask you this question. Like we just know it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it's. I, I personally think it's an okay thing to ask. Like it's, it's an interesting thing knowing someone's background, cause that might tell you something about them, but the, the cultural, like like the historical implications of this question are just so annoying. Cause it's always asked way too early. And then everyone that you ask that's Asian has probably been asked the same exact question and it's annoying. <laughs> so ask it later.
0: <laughs> <laughs> PSI. Well, you know, like in, in the UK, it's so weird because um, knowledge about like Taiwan or Korea is like, I mean, it just doesn't exist. I feel like in my view, unless you live in mm-hmm. London, but people refer to Asia as Oriental and that pisses me off I know <laughs> logically why there are reasons like some people don't It's just how it's been let's just put it at that but it really pisses me off and you know like when I was first dating people were like you oriental and I kind of kind of like picture like oh wait this southern guy like in, in a southern drawl asked me that I and that's not like why they were asking they just kind of wanted to know like where I was from but does the term oriental piss you too off like it does for me
1: I've actually heard that it's not a very good term in on the west side of America, but I'm not sure if that's true or not. But when people say Oriental, I always think of rugs. <laughs> so like it's so funny because like my knee-jerk reaction when someone asks me if I'm Oriental, I'm like, I don't have any rugs. <laughs> but that's like then I'm like, oh no, I hate this question. <laughs> But yeah. I, so not. I don't hate it, but it just confuses me when you when I'm asked it. Yeah,
2: I think you saw my facial reaction as you were saying yeah. it, so you won't already know that I don't like it. But I also feel like it's such an antiquated term. It yeah. kind of reminds me of like one time, like one of my friends, like and I bring this up a lot just because I thought it was so strange. But one time, one of my friends said that I was colored. And it was just like the Mm -hmm. strangest thing to me because it just made me think of like, I don't know, like 1950s America or whatever with like the two different like water fountains. There's like the (laughs) water fountain for the colors and then the whites. And I just felt like not only is that such an antiquated term, but it just I don't know, it just felt so strange. And like, uh, like, should I be offended? Should I not be offended? It's just it seems so like not fitting and antiquated that it's almost like I can't get offended just because I'm like why the heck would you say that like it's just weird Mm
0: -hmm. yeah that is really weird yeah Yeah, that's that's strange I mean I'm kind of wondering (laughs) Emily like since I mean Adrian and I are in like we'll be studied like humanities in college and then we (laughs) went on to do different areas but you're in science and um, we have a lot of these discussions like in our field probably well it's not a surprise given the discipline but um do conversations like beauty and love especially within like the lens of like race like does that come up like in your field
1: or have you had to think about it? we've had conversations um particularly with black lives matter happening like or wow well, last year that uh well ongoing still but mainly yeah. happening last year yeah uh, that we've uh as a whole department talked about um, diversity in our group because it's interesting because like I said no one really thinks about it till it's brought up especially in Mm. science because I don't think it's as it's, it's not yeah it's not really talked about but you know there are diversity groups that try to include more diverse faculty and students so that they feel more included and we've had conversations about, you know, our own personal experiences and why we think that we aren't as diverse as we should be. And of course, it all relates back to, like, you know, when we're kids, you know, being an Asian person, you know, my mom was like, oh, you should be a doctor or you should go into science. You should go like, you know, all this stuff. It's very. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what is the word? She's, she supports me in whatever I want to do, you know, mm-hmm. especially if it's in the scientific field. <laughs> but if you think about, you know, other races, it's probably not pushed on as much, especially with, you know, other people of color. So we're like, you know, you need to it sounds terrible, but get them when they're young. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. you know, there, there are. Uh, outreach programs that like go to elementary schools and they talk about science they do like you know really basic experiments and because you know i've always told i can be a scientist when i grow up but i don't Mm -hmm. think other people have that same experience and so you know we talk about how we can include more people but it's always hard because you know you might have the right answer but actually implementing that idea is like potentially really difficult Mm -hmm. especially because you have to get people to participate who don't want to participate. Like we noticed that the people that were in this discussion weren't, well, I don't really know how many people are in the department, but it definitely wasn't everybody and not nearly close to being everybody. So not everyone wants to have a discussion or they might not think it's important.
2: Uh, do you feel that like stereotypes of how a, a girl doing science have like, have they also affected you as well? Or is it mainly more like, um, like expectations of you being Asian that have affected your ideas about like beauty and love.
1: Um, that's really difficult. <laughs> that like two different questions, I think. Um, I think so. Being Asian, you know, you're like the. Oh, what is what is it? The model minority, that's what it is. Mm. Oh, yeah. so, essentially, if you have high ambitions, everyone's like, ah, yes, that's normal. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think me being a female, but I don't know if it would have been different if I was Caucasian, but I remember joining like science clubs when I was younger, you know, after school activities and stuff. And I don't remember who else was in that group, but I remember it just being like, ah, yes, she is smart she does science it it made sense that no one ever talked about it it was fine um what was the other part It was something about beauty and love oh well like has um
2: has being a woman doing science has that affected your opinions on beauty and love as well or is it mostly just the fact that you're Asian
1: oh yes 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 I think so because like um I I don't know if it's just because I'm older now, but, you know, I think having a higher education and talking to people who can't, like, use your, the different yours or the twos, right? <laughs> and that's, like, an automatic feel breaker. I was just like, no. <laughs> so, like, I think, I mean, I think that's part of being Asian, too, right? You, you want someone... Maybe that's a little, I mean, I'm not asking for much. I just need someone who's grammatically.
2: (laughs) So you aren't like collecting their resumes or something or checking references. The the
1: interesting thing is I do see myself being more aware of what they do for a job. Like when I was younger, that that wasn't a huge factor, Mm -hmm. but right now it's kind of like, well, I'm working hard for my future. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. And of course there's like different um, exceptions to that. Like, you know, typically, you know, you well. My my mom hasn't done this, but you know, I've heard of other parents being like, "You should marry a doctor," or you know, "You should date this lawyer," or something like that. So, like, it's interesting. Like, it's like, um, if I see that they have like doctor or lawyer, it's like, ah, this is a check for you, right? <laughs> but it's not like the only thing on my list of things. But it is something that I more consciously look for, which is interesting. But I think that does have to do with both being Asian. And being a scientist, because like Mm. I'm doing I'm trying to do something like, what are you doing? Because I also want to have interesting conversations with somebody like, you know, I can tell them a little bit about my work. I'm not going to expect them to understand everything, because even when I hear other scientists talking about their work, if we're not researching the same thing, it's hard to understand what they're talking about.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. But, you know, I don't want to come home to somebody who is not ambitious and is just telling me like, oh, I, you know. That was—I was gonna say, like, I cut trees for a living. That's not bad either. But like, (laughs) I guess I just need something more intellectually stimulating. Mm -hmm. You know,
2: like someone that's gonna keep pushing themselves instead of just being like satisfied with the status quo. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So someone who cuts down trees and maybe analyzes
2: the (laughs) that they've cut, or wants to cut down even more trees in the future. Not just satisfied with a few trees, but wants to cut down all the
1: trees. (laughs) So that's not that great for the environment. That was really terrible. We're We're getting on a tangent. (laughs) (laughs) We definitely meet very deep people, I think. It doesn't really necessarily depend on whether or not you went to college or you went to graduate school or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I guess it's like, especially when um, this day and age, like, you know, being on Tinder and stuff, you're judging really, really quickly. So like mm-hmm. you know, what do expressions look like? What do they do? And then if those first two th- actually if the first thing isn't something that you like, you automatically swipe. So like it's sad that personality doesn't come into play later, but in terms of like time and being efficient, essentially, like you kind of overlook yeah. it. You're not you're not going to talk to some like each person that you see for an hour until like you decide. <laughs> whether yeah, or not you so like, hard. So like yeah. it, it it is really superficial, but you know
0: it is kind of what it is yeah yeah, yeah. and, and I mean I was, for, oh sorry I'm oh, sorry
2: oh, I was just gonna say it's kind of funny because for my grandparents on their list of like who you can date who you can't date is they're always like oh yeah you can't get married to a Chinese person
1: <laughs> like, that is so well, funny
2: like they'll be like oh you should get married to a taiwanese or maybe a canadian or maybe american i'm
0: always like oh what about chinese i'm
2: like ah chinese is uh <laughs> Wait,
0: what about what about like like filipino or like korean or like japanese or you know like other asians
2: uh i'm not sure i didn't specifically ask i only asked have... about chinese but they like they didn't say no precisely they just gave me like a very long like <laughs> 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 yeah. like kind um, of like oh uh, if you really want to maybe
1: <laughs> that's hilarious
0: <laughs> uh, um, yeah. yeah no emily you you are like i will okay wait you are a randomly deep person because i mean you are a deep person by default but then like i'll be going to bed or something or i'll just be like cooking in the kitchen when we live together or whatever, I would just waltz in and say something like really profound <laughs> that I haven't thought about before and like continue or walk away. And I was like, wow, that never occurred to me before. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> definitely like whoever you date, like needs to be like ready to go on the fly and have these like <laughs> deep
1: discussions. Right. Like one of the things that I do see, um, like, especially when I'm first dating somebody, I like to ask them really interesting questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if you were a wrestler what song would you march into you know like what is your theme? (laughs) (laughs) it's a good question (laughs) yeah that is I never thought of it before (laughs) just random things you know like some some of them are typical like what would you bring on an island or you know what animal or superpower would you like to turn into or have and like one of the things that like not like an immediate deal breaker, but it's very close to being one is like when they give you really short answers. Like mm. I need some imagination here. I need some.
0: <laughs> and like this one guy was like,
1: why are you asking me so many questions? And I was just like, ugh.
2: Yeah. Oh, should we, so let's
1: head on oh, to our yeah.
2: last question, get back on track. Um, so the last question
1: was, uh, do you practice self-care? I don't, I don't think I actively think about self-care. Um, but I do try to, like, I, I Googled what self-care was. I was like, I don't want to go into this thinking like I'm like thinking of something completely different, but, you know, I try to, I guess, especially living on your own, you know, without your parents, like, Doing things for you. You have to, you almost have to practice self-care, I think. Yeah. Otherwise you kind of just fall into a pit of, I don't know, sluggish and slobishness. <laughs> but I uh, you know, I one of the major things about living by myself is like I, I tell this to my friends all the time, is that I do basically <laughs> what I want and try not to spend my energy on draining things like things I don't want to do or like negative people. Like, I'm just like, no, I, I don't have the energy for this and I don't want to do it. So I just don't, you know, and I try to eat at least like balanced ish, you know, I'll have unhealthy things sometimes healthy things other times and, uh, having my dog Gemma definitely helps with, you know, the self-care, you know, I have to walk her three times a day. So we'll take her outside mm-hmm and because i <laughs> i want to have her like have fun like sometimes i'll take her like to a park or um you know we'll spend sometimes like hours outdoors and it's nice to get in that fresh air you know some sunlight that i probably wouldn't otherwise if i didn't have a dog mm. and um one thing that has been really nice um from COVID is that i'm actually sleeping um enough i mean i'm always tired i don't know if that's just from being older but like it's nice that you're getting a good amount of sleep every day yeah. uh, so I, I don't think it's um, like an active thought about practicing self-care it's more like how can I be healthy which I guess is almost the same thing but mm-hmm. I didn't ever really think of it as self-care
0: yeah I love that
2: yeah I think that's great if you can just like build it into your routine mm-hmm. then it I think it's I don't know, it probably feels more natural and you can just, you know, incorporate it in your ways of living. Right. So. Uh,
0: and I mean, it's it's funny because like one of the qualities that I love uh, about you, Emily, is that you've always kind of like, and thinking about like, I don't know how you did this because I felt like such a tit in college. Um, <laughs> <laughs> someone, I, mean, I don't know if that's like, like a swear word, or not, swear word or not, but someone said <laughs> that to me at work. And I just thought that that is like the one like British slang phrase that I will use. But now I don't know if I have to edit it out because I don't know if it's like a equivalent to like, <laughs> <or not. laughs> but like, I really did feel that way. Like in college, I was like, mm, I don't know. I feel really nervous about everything, but you kind of like did what you wanted. <laughs> no, but like, you didn't care. Like, what other people thought. And I was like, this is really weird how why am I not like this but it took me like a really long time to like get to that point so I mean I guess like like one final question like um do you think that's
1: like where do you think that came from like that, that yeah I don't, I don't really know like it's kind of hard to say because I think maybe part of it was being uh so one of the things I was going to bring up earlier, which we didn't really get into like, apart from like beauty and love and role models, was, you know, the idea of being this petite agent, right? Oh, and, yeah. let get into that. Yeah. <laughs> and so being in a dance troupe surrounded by petite Asians makes it really difficult on someone who is not petite. Um, of course, for those of you listening, I'm like 5'7 right now, currently like 180. But at the time I was maybe like 150 pounds. And my mom would always tell me, she was like, Oh, if you lost five pounds, you would be so pretty. And, you know, she would always say that. And she, we talked about it recently and she looked back on some old photos and she was like, wow, you were really skinny. I don't know why I kept telling you to lose some weight. Mm-hmm. Actually, she didn't even remember that. I had to remi- remind her. That <laughs> <I> mean, like, <laughs> wait. And you know, like I was actually really surprised that, like I thought about it. Um, maybe a couple of years ago, I was really surprised that I didn't come out of that with like an eating disorder or something because yeah. um, my mom would tell me to lose weight. Um, my, the dance directors who, actually there was a big meeting about it later, um, was always talking to me about my weight. They would, uh, they would lie to me about it, essentially saying like, oh, you know, people are laughing at you because you're fat and something Oh my like God, that. what? And I was pretty bad. and first like my mom, she she feels bad about it now but she tried to put like me on a diet and everything and for some reason I came out of that like I did care for like a second like I was like you know um early teens and so early to mid-teens and I was just like at some point I was just like I do not like this food (laughs) 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 I don't like these people why am I trying so hard to like and I don't know. That's probably part of it. Like, I just didn't care anymore. Like, I didn't want to work so hard for somebody who didn't even care about me. And I, I don't recall being happy with my weight, but I wasn't unhappy,
0: Mm.
1: especially when, you know, I was already really tall compared to all these other girls. So like add on a little bit of weight, I'm going to look huge. And I was just like, there's no way I could ever look small compared to these people. And so it would just be, I was like, this is unattainable. It's dumb. I don't even like them. Well, I, I like the other dancers. I'll just put that in there. I didn't like the directors. Yeah. So I'm, like, I'm not going to do this anymore. So, so I think that's, that's probably part of it. And like, um, my music teachers, well, she would also comment on my weight, but not like, not like that. You know, she, she was also bigger. So she would always be like, Oh, let's put the bigger people in the back. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm taller. You're not going to see this girl anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. um, they were always like, my music teachers were always supportive of like my talent and like playing music and stuff. They always like, they would always tell me how great I was at like, you yeah. know, such things. And so becoming thin wasn't important to me anymore. It was like doing great on these other things that I was good at. And so like, I think that kind of, when it comes to like self-care and such, Mm -hmm. I don't really care about getting thin. I want to be healthy. I want to be fit and I want to. Well, I like, I do need to exercise more. This whole COVID thing has made it hard, especially in winter, but like, I don't want to feel sluggish. I want to be strong. I don't want to be thin. Like, I don't, I don't want to be thin and useless. Like my my mom used to make fun of me um, because when I first moved to college, you know, you're moving all your crap. And my mom was like, why don't you get these boys to help you? And I'd be like, no. And I just like pick it up. <laughs> <my hand. laughs> I was like, I'm not doing any of that. And like, uh, my parents got like, um, well, I picked them up a, a, a used TV from somewhere and my dad's like, I'll help you. And I was like, no, I got this. <laughs> I picked it up myself and moved it into the house. So I was just like, I don't know. Like, I think, um. I would, I would classify myself more as an extroverted introvert. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, before Mm -hmm. I was like more outgoing, I guess it happens sometimes when I need it to be, but I'm more introverted, I think. So I think I got that way just from not understanding why I needed to be like other people and having like all that thrust on me. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to reject this. And then more like, Self reflection and understanding who I am and what I want to be just Mm -hmm. turned me into someone who would not take your crap. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad little
0: Emily was able to like get that self awareness because it, I mean, as a teenager to get all of that, like that's too much, like that's horrible.
1: Yeah, it was rough. I, um, it was actually a really big turning point, uh, because I mean, I wasn't close to any of the dancers, I, I like they were more like acquaintances like we saw each other all the time but like a lot of them stood up for me at the very end when the directors tried to cut me out of a few dances because I was quote-unquote big yeah. and then they were all furious about it and I was just like "Ah, you <laughs> guys yeah. <care?"> Aww. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. sisterhood yeah <laughs> right?
0: <That's> so sweet <laughs> yeah um just before we end though, like was is there anything that you wanted to share that we just completely missed because we went on
1: tangents? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. I think we covered all of it.
0: Yeah, honestly, um think thanks for sharing like your personal life and opinions. And I know we went on like different topics, but oh my god, you were hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> like the thing really got me because when I typically bring it up, it's like you know, negative, but yeah, I mean, only you Oh my god, it was very Emily. I mean, use that next time. Like,
2: no, I'm not selling any rugs. Hey,
1: are you oriental? It's like, no, I am human.